Hello, welcome to the High View Podcast, a gospel-centered conversation exploring theology, culture, and life in the local church. I am your host, Tyler Sweat, the pastor of Connection and Community at High View Church, and I'm here with two of the best guys I know, Chad mm. Williams and Josh Hildebrand. How you guys doing? I'm good. How you doing, Josh? Doing great, as always. Josh is making a return, Tyler. Oh, yeah. Back He's... for episode 0 Four. Had a great episode with him last time, yes. talking about Christ-centered worship. A lot of fun. Arguably the best episode we've done yet. I think so. We've I've done th- three. So, so <laughs> lots of... That's a good point. That's lots a really of competition there, for sure. Um, well, we have another exciting uh, conversation to have today where I'm actually going to interview these two wonderful gentlemen who planted a church together about six years ago. We've already mentioned that. They planted Highview Church, where we are all on staff about six years ago. And so we're just going to talk to them about some of the challenges they face, some of the highlights uh, along the the road to church planting. So um, let's just go ahead and kick it off. And I'm going to throw this question out just to start us off. Why should anyone plant a church? Mm. Why should anyone plant a church? Because we're called to plant churches. Uh, And so I, I think that that's a that's a really good question to ask in certain contexts because uh, so where we are we are in the West Metro Atlanta area we're kind of on the fringes of the suburbs at Highview Church so for us it's a question that we got a lot actually why would anyone plant a church where there's a church on every corner uh, and we're yeah. not like on every corner here but we are in the Bible Belt uh, yeah. we are in a, in an environment where there's a lot there is a lot of churches uh, so. Uh, I think that if the question, uh, to answer the question properly, we were asking, why should we plant churches? It's because ultimately Jesus um, established a th- in his authority mm. a commission that really demands that we plant churches. Oh, and what is that commission? That'd be Matthew 28, the Great Commission. Mm. Make disciples of all nations, baptize in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that command you, and then he promises his presence with us always, right? So... What's cool about that Great Commission is most of that Great Commission happens within the context of a local church. Okay. Right? So make disciples. How are you going to do it? Even the ordinances, right? So we're Baptists, but baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Yeah. Uh, So uh, I I think that that, the Great Commission demands churches be planted that will do those things that the Great Commission calls us to do. So that'd be a starting point why... Uh, why anyone would do such a thing. Yeah, I agree. I I think, you know, there's like two categories in my mind that I have for that question. One is like the broad category, and Pastor Chad was hitting on that, and it's just basically because God calls men to plant churches. We just see that, you know, from the very beginning, um, you know, from when Christ, uh, you know, ascended, we have the gospel being preached, and then the very first church was a church plant. It was Antioch, and church planting hasn't stopped since then. You know, and then right. God calls men to plant churches, and it's not going to stop. It's not like we reach a magic number. Uh, you know, oh, we did it. We 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 planted all the churches. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I think we just keep planting churches, and God keeps calling men to preach. And you know, as God calls men to preach, kind of the byproduct of that is churches are planted. Um, and so, you know, I think that's the kind of the broad uh, view of it because it's just something that God calls men to do. But then there's the specific thing, too, and there's kind of, you know, um, those closer reasons, I guess, that you have in people's hearts. And those are, you know, a lot of different reasons. Talk about, you know, motivators within a heart of what calls, yeah. you know, a man to, to want to plant a church. So, so take me back to... 
the early days of Highview, obviously you guys sat down at some point and said, mm-hmm. hey, let's consider planning a church. What were some of those motivations other than the Great Commission, the bigger picture need, command from God to plant yeah. churches? What specifically made you guys think, we need to plant a church? Yeah, I, I think for us, it was we realized the need for the type of church that God had given us a vision for. Yeah, in, okay. Exactly. In, in specifically in this part of uh, West Georgia, this part of uh, the country even, when we saw a need for the type of church that God had given us a vision for. And so that that's a, that's a really important piece of this. Yeah. Uh, understanding that, man, we, we feel like God has called us to plant this kind of church in this specific place. If you don't have that matched up, mm-hmm. if you don't have a clear vision, number one, and then if you don't understand the need for that vision in the context that you're in, you probably shouldn't plant in yeah. those cases, yeah. I, I would say. As a, I'm a church planter coach for the North American Mission Board and, and getting with other church planters alive, and we talk about these things. There has to be a match, uh, a vision and need match uh, in a particular context. Yeah. Very important. Absolutely. I think one of the things that's important to decide, you know, to answering this question, why plant a church, you can kind of answer the question why by first answering the question why not. Like, mm-hmm. And if you really answer, you know, that question, um it kind of leaves you with, uh, you know, maybe a core that you can actually work with, you know, because if, if you're wanting to plant so you can preach or, you know, do other things yeah, like that. That's a terrible reason to plant. That's, 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 a, that's yeah. a terrible reason uh, to, that's a to terrible plant. Reason to but plant. if you've got a vision, like God's given you a vision for, you know, a community um, and you believe that, you know, a gospel-centered church, you know, uh, needs to be planted in this particular community to reach these particular people. And that's just a, a burning vision, like, that you have in your heart. Like, that's the place yeah. that I think you, you need to start from, you know, because, like I said, God calls men. And um, when I find a guy, and, you know, Ch- Chad coaches guys like this, when you find a guy that has that, that burning mm-hmm. vision in his heart mm-hmm. for a group of people and to, to be a gospel witness, that's a key ingredient. <laughs> hey, that guy should probably plant a church. So, so there's probably some people, hopefully people listening, who yep. want to plant a church yeah. and, and hopefully sure. have the right motivations for planting a church. But you just mentioned a, a big reason why people should not. Are there, are there some other reasons you guys think of of why people should not plant a church? Oh, there's so many. Yeah. I, I mean, I can, there really is a lot. There, yeah. There's a lot of reasons. Yeah, a couple yeah. just off the top of my head. You're frustrated at your current church. Oh, uh, yeah. you, you yeah. want to preach like the, and, and like all of those things may be true. Like you might be frustrated at your current church or whatever, and and you still may be called to to plant. But you really got to do work with your heart. Um, you know, in that context to mm. to to work out some of those prideful inclinations because um, it's way different when you actually plant and no and you do get to preach. And, uh, yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah, and then you're happy when you're not yeah. preaching <laughs> that particular week. Um, yeah, no, I, I totally agree. I, I tell guys, listen, if, if you can do anything else, do that. Yeah. Like do that. Yeah. I would say too many churches are planted out of a strong sense of frustration and not a strong sense of vision. So mm, there's, wow. they're, they're really, you have a person who's frustrated potentially a lead a lead guy who's frustrated because he's not the lead guy somewhere else or the opportunities aren't there right. or he's not preaching enough I, t- I tend to tell people like if I can talk you out of church planting uh, that's 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 sometimes the most helpful thing I can do in some senses yeah. is like yeah. help you see this is not a good thing but also I mean th- things have to be considered now like I think about it now six years in being in a totally different season of my life 
Uh, I know Josh is in a completely different season in his life than he was when we when we started this and when we planted together. Uh, season of life's a huge thing. It, yeah. I will say this: if your spouse and your family unit is not there, if if man, if they're not all in, if they're not at peace with that kind of decision, it's just not a good idea. And so I, I would say, first and foremost, your marriage has to be in a good place. Uh, your mm-hmm. kids need to be in a good, if you have kids, your kids need to be in a good place. Uh, and so there's a lot of reasons to consider maybe throwing the brakes on something that may wind up. And that's the thing about church yeah. planting. Every church plant that doesn't work out tends to cause a lot of collateral damage. Like they're, yeah. they're, people get hurt. It's, so it's a true. painful process. So true. And so if it'll, your, your intentions and your motivations, they get exposed really early on. Yeah. And once you have that first wave of difficulty or setback, you tend to find out, was this planted out of impulse, frustration, yep. or was this planted out of clear calling and vision? Yeah. Yep. And that's a huge piece to this puzzle. Yeah, just jumping on something Chad said there, I think so important. You know, if um, you know, you're, you're planting out of frustration or, uh, you know, that really is, is not the place you want to be starting from. I think a lot of people feel like planting a church it's kind of the highest calling, if you will, or um, it's it's work that in some ways they elevate it above other work within the local church. And that's not a place you want to start from. There's good ministry to be done in a lot of churches. There are a lot of churches out there. Um, and so, again, if you if you go back to that, what's really driving you? If it's a burning vision like, look, I, I can't help it. I'm going to have to do this. That's the place you want to start from. And if you can't find that, um, there's so much other good work. That doesn't mean you can't be in ministry. That doesn't mean you can't be used by mm-hmm. God. There's so much other good work out there. But, you know, maybe church planning is not the right path. Yeah, I would add, too, uh, that's so true. I think if you're frustrated, if you're planting a church out of frustration and not vision, or if you're placing, mm-hmm. you're, you, you're going to, what's going to happen is you're going to attract a core team that's frustrated mm-hmm. and, yeah. and disgruntled. Right. And the last thing you want in year one and year two in a fragile church plan environment is a bunch of people who just left a context and left a church or whatever it might be who are frustrated and still yeah. angry and still hurt potentially. There, there's just a ton of danger there. So I found, generally speaking, looking kind of broadly at church planters and the and the groups of people that kind of are drawn to them. If you're frust- if you're planting out of frustration, you're going to attract frustrated people. If you're planting out of vision and calling, you're going to attract people who are called to the vision God has given that church plant. And it's probably a reality that if you have planted out of frustration and you're drawing frustrated people, those people are at some point going to get frustrated, with, frustrated you. with you. Yeah, so if you're mm. if you're easily frustrated in one context and and you can't allow God to mold your heart there, yeah. you're probably still going to have the same hardened heart in that new context. No doubt. Like church yeah. planting is not the uh, the salve you, you want to apply to those kind of wounds. This is not. Mm. It, it tends to actually exaggerate some some strains and some pressures, uh, not, not necessarily relieve them. And that's why I, I, I try to uh, really go after the heart of, of a church planter and what, what's causing it. Why do you want to do this? Like to your point, mm. I want to preach more is just a lame excuse to plant a church. And I don't know why anyone would ever follow you if that's the goal. Yeah. I mean, truthfully. And I, and I, and I could ask, I'd like to ask you this kind of what you're thinking about this is as, as someone who's a few years younger than us, not, not a lot, but a few, um, I see a lot of guys seeing church planting as a quicker route. Yeah. 
to get that pulpit game. Yeah, yeah, that's absolutely that's very true. I, I know. Uh, again, I'm late twenties, and so I've only been in ministry for four years now, and I definitely see that. You, you see a lot more. But you seem like you've been hosting podcasts for twenty years. I'm a professional <laughs> podcast. This is my very first podcast, but mm. no, uh, yeah, I think it. I think that is a, a true statement. There's a lot of young guys who, and of course, you know, everyone picks on millennials um, <laughs> always. <laughs> And we get picked on because we want the instant gratification, and and I think that's true in ministry, right? We we think those millennials we we value our voice, and so yeah. we think other people should value our voice. That's so good. It's it's kind of the the narrative we see on social media. Everybody's got a platform, and so when you think your voice is is uh, needed in a particular space, um, you're going to fight for that, and I think that's dangerous for the church. Yeah, I would say this too, as it relates to church planning. You know, it's it's easy to to paint the picture of how tough a game this is, and like the reasons not to do it, mm. because it is a tough game, and there's, I mean, the the yeah, failure rate's really high. Yeah, but also like, um, you know, we want to be encouraging too to church planners. Like, um, if if you've been called to this you're going to succeed because Christ will build his church. Mm. Right. And, and so there's a confidence in that. Yep. Now that doesn't mean, you know, it's going to just be smooth sailings all the way around, yeah. but yeah. like I, I want church planners to be confident, not like, Oh man, I got to have all my right reasons and I got to have all this stuff locked down. That's such a, um, right. that's such a good point. You know, it's, it, like if you wait till you have all pure motivations to plant a church, right. <laughs> you will never plant yeah. a church. Right. Yeah. Actually, um, you will never do anything for God. Right. Yeah. Our motivations are always tricky. That's such a good point. Yeah. I, I think that you know there's just some broad questions you need to be asking. But at the end of the day, to your point, we yeah. need we need church planters. Yep, we need church planters, and we need planters who are planting for uh, for the right reasons on mission with a vision in a place that needs that vision fleshed out. We need all of that. And and to your point, we're if you're waiting for pure motives. 100% pure motives. Right. Yeah. You're just not going to do anything for God. I mean, you're just right. Not. Right. Absolutely. Well, let's go ahead and walk through the story of Highview a little bit. Um, I know we've talked about kind of some of the motivations we might have for starting this process, but what mm-hmm. were some of the highlights for you guys along the path to church planting or along the path of planting Highview? What were some of the highlights oh that you experienced? There's so yeah. many. I mean, uh, I'll... There's so many. It's surreal to kind of think about it. Um, you know, we we started obviously just small with a you know a small group of people. Kind of started in a, an apartment, moved to a house, and I think one of the the highlights for me, and I know Chad has plenty, and and I could you know mention several. I think one of the the biggest highlights for me was when we first got in a space that wasn't meeting in um, my living quarters, basically. <laughs> Your living quarters, right? So it, it, when what we is ex- this? when we expanded beyond my you did living live in a house, right? Yeah. First, it was my apartment, and then I upgraded. We upgraded to my home in we the have, living room. Yeah, Josh is using. 17th century terminology to describe his living his his living quarters when we doth meet in my chambers <laughs> yeah when i didn't have That's to good. pick my underwear up off out of the sanctuary oh, excuse us. Mm, out of the sanctuary out of the sanctuary <laughs> aka That's... my living room right so uh, when we moved to the little chapel which was chad's mm. grandfather's uh chapel that he had built in the back of his house and he can expound on that story but when that's we, a whole nother podcast oh, that is but when we uh when we first started meeting there it it just it it was such a surreal special moment you know these group of people gathering together well, I don't know the chapel set maybe twenty five thirty yeah and, and we probably were bringing forty forty five fifty people sometimes wow. there and 
just what a, a crazy moment just to see people coming to hear God's word preached, the, the gospel sung, and um, yeah, I'll just I'll never forget that. Mm. Yeah, I mean, you think about like first baptisms. Oh yeah, I uh, think about um, goodness. We actually part of our story too is you know a couple years in, three years in or so, we wound up merging with another church here locally. That's at the campus we're actually at right now. Yep. Uh, Cornerstone Baptist Church uh, that dissolved, and then, then the members that were there, the, the, there was you know, 11, 12 people who who came, and 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 navigating through that was a was a really challenging season, but an mm. extremely rewarding season because we got to see the just absolute manifest wisdom of God, yeah, the grace of God, the love of God. We just got to see all that fleshed out in how he knitted hearts and, and honored each. It was just, it was a beautiful season walking through. So I tell people, you know, Ivy's a church plant that it's kind of walked through some, some things that maybe revitalizations or replant more like replants would mm-hmm. walk through as well. And kind of some of the challenges that we had to navigate during that time, we were a, I compare it to a 12 year old that suddenly had a mortgage and suddenly had like all this responsibility that we just didn't have when yeah. we were meeting in a little storefront or yeah. or at a chapel. Um, so navigating that and seeing God and all that, that was just a really cool season. And in a time I look back on now and I see, now I see the danger of that season. Yeah. What, what, how things could have gone. Sure. And then I see the grace of God just helping us navigate that. And, and, and it's just, it was a sweet time yeah, and a really absolutely. pivotal time. Something else that has always been really special to me, and this still happens to this day, it's these moments when I realize that this church is so much bigger than us or what we could have sure. ever dreamed of. So, you know, I have in my mind just this, um, you know, this memory, this experience of growing up at a church. It was my church. Mm. That was the church I grew up at. And I remember there was this moment at Highview when I realized that families, that was, Highview was that to them. Oh, wow. Like it was their church. Like these kids were growing up at their church. It wasn't just the thing that got started in someone's living room at That's home. So good. Like yeah. it was a church yeah. and like their memory is going to be, I grew up at Highview and it, you know, wow. and just to we, see we have God lots of kids that, that have ne- they don't know of another church. Yeah, exactly. They've grown up in this church. And it just, wow. it that's, just, that's, it floors me that, you know, that that's yeah. happening. Cause to me, sometimes I just feel like it's still this, you know, little church plant, sure. but it's not that to so many other people. Right. And it's just amazing to see God build his church. That's awesome. So uh, that's that's a really neat kind of thing. And, and I know each person who endeavors or feels like God has called them to plant a church is going to have a little different journey. Right? Oh, There's yeah, going to be some different, different sure. moments of stretching. They're not always going to be provided a completely free church building. No. You know. So let's no. talk about some of the things that maybe were challenges mm. to for you guys early on. What were some of the initial, uh, initial challenges of planting Highview? I, I think some of the dangers that we faced are, are unique to our context, but then uh, there's a bunch that aren't. So things that aren't, I do not know a church planter that doesn't struggle with living and dying by that week's attendance. Oh yeah. And you just in, you can't do that. I mean, I've been down Mm. that road. You just can't do that. It's a, it's a long game And, and church planting is the long game. It's just not a, and that's, that's something that's really important to talk about as millennials planting churches we we have to be patient and patience is not something that yeah. our particular generation is is really comfortable with okay so and and church planting is a lot of it's a lot of watering it's a lot of sitting and waiting it's right. a lot of trusting 
people you're investing in in year one, you're not going to see any fruit from till year four. People who are with you in year one are not going to be there in year four. There's just a ton of things that you have to navigate. And I think that church planting, because we feel so much pressure, and this is one of the, the things that I felt, you feel so much pressure to deliver for the people who are investing in you, hmm. the churches that are supporting you. You yeah. know that you feel this time crunch and everything yeah. feels like so intense in a very short period of time. So do you mean you feel like you have to go back and report the growth? You have to say, well, we're, yeah, we have this normal, number. We have, yeah, that's a yeah. normal aspect of church planting. Okay. People, you know, churches that are investing in you, they want to hear what's, what, what's the return on their investment. The return, kind of yeah. They want to know that. And that's fine. But I think that we can get our mind, at least that was a big challenge for me. And, and, and per, personally, it's, it's still a challenge. Is how do I address the short-term issues that church planting provides and creates while keeping a long-term picture of yeah. sustainable, healthy growth, evangelistic growth, depth into the gospel? Like How do I keep big picture in mind when so much about church planting and so much about our generation specifically is kind of aimed at now yeah well, quick which is ironic based on what we said earlier that a lot of guys take this approach to be the instant gratification to get to a right. place where they have a platform yep. uh, but what you just said is like okay once you jump in there's a ton of waiting a maybe ton. even maybe even more so than there is in the established church right yeah. in, absolutely we're still waiting yeah, yeah absolutely we're, we're, you're always in a season of waiting in church planning right so some of the difficulties for me obviously you know you've got the just the reality of bivocational you know, pastors, which was me and Chad both at the beginning, and and just the you know the strain that that can put on your family, the the faith when you finally have to step out and mm. uh, you know turn in the notice at your at your secure job for for a church plant that that you hope and pray can support your family. You know, those are challenges, but those yeah. haven't been honestly the most difficult things. I think for me personally, the most difficult thing, and hopefully this doesn't sound. Uh, you know, sound comes across the right way has been actually through the success of the church. So, you know, one of the things with church planning that happens is you you, you don't start off with problems, so to speak. You just create them as you go, yep. right? Like at an established <laughs> church that's fifty years old, you come in if you're a young seminary so student, good. you're so embracing true. problems. Yeah, but you, here you're you come in with problems. problems that other people created. But we have to look back now because of our success and acknowledge we've created problems. Yeah, and it makes you look at yourself like there's just, no past guy to blame. No, exactly. no you can't say, "No, oh, it's just been this way forever, yeah, and yeah. we're just having to deal with it and figure it out." You know, we're yeah. you know, so yeah. Like if there's this is scary. But it's it's true. I'm glad you brought that up. If there's things wrong with Highview fundamentally, like it's a it's and that's us. my most it's, challenging it's part us. right now, just in my own personal life, like yeah. because the church is is growing and, and God's blessing. But if anybody's aware of the things that aren't where we want them to be, it's you know, it's people in this room, as staff members, as pastors, and and yeah. then that just reflects back on us. So it, it's difficult to see my own inadequacies, yeah. and then to to pray that God helps me to grow and. You know, to keep up with the, with the church, so to speak, as it's growing. Right. Let me let me drop one final question on you guys, and I didn't prep you for this. This is actually a I'm terrifying. Well, all of these questions, we just you know off the cuff. Oh no, we we've done tons of show prep. We <laughs> for hours we've been we've been praying over what we're no. Here's the here's the question. Now you guys are old. You're decrepit. You're you know. Dang. No, <laughs> but you planted Highview. Neither one of six. us are really pushing back on this. 
<laughs> you you like, planted hive you six years ago. Church Chad. plans like being a president, though. It's the meme you, of the really old guy, aging. and he says, "I feel great," you know, and he, I mean, but he's only like twenty. Yeah, he's like, something. yeah, pastoral ministry is great, and he's twenty two, but he looks like we, but church planters like after six eight years, they look like the president after six eight years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when they come in, you know, right. they're all young and vibrant. When they come out, they look like. Uh, mm. They're not, you're not, not young, young and vibrant. <laughs> well, okay, let me ask you this. If you could go back six years and say something, give some encouragement, give some bit of wisdom to younger Chad and younger Josh, what would you say to your younger self? That, like, you were, you were, How about I give Chad the encouragement and he gives me the encouragement? That's great. I give younger Chad encouragement. You give younger Josh encouragement. Okay. You want to do that? Oh, man. We can, we can do it that way. We can so, just do it the way Tyler said. Because I feel like if Josh, you're like, fine. can I go encourage younger Chad not to do this thing that no, really annoys him? No, yeah, what, what, yeah what, what are you trying to say here? Um, I, I can, I go say correct, really can I go <laughs> correct Chad in some ways so he doesn't? Oh, know there's that. plenty. There's plenty yeah. of things. No, let's let's go back and correct ourselves. Let's go back and okay. encourage, give some wisdom, give some some encouragement to your younger self. Okay, uh, I'll start. I'll. Mm. We're talking year one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This so is year six guy this talking is to year one. Saturday guy. night before Highview has their first service ever. You want to go back and give some encouragement to yourself. What would you What would you say? Don't wrap up your identity in this. Mm. Your family is going to matter and does matter and will always matter more than whatever you do in ministry outside of your family. Date your wife. Be patient. Don't live and die. On Sundays, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, based on whatever you saw, whether it's positive or negative, whether it's uh, a big Sunday turnout or not, um, just just slow down. Yeah, get a hobby. Mm. See, I have a lot to tell myself. Yeah, I have a lot to tell myself. <laughs> um, you know, yeah, have understand where church planting and where ministry generally is in the context of your life. And don't get ahead of yourself. Yeah. You're going to make mistakes. Pour into leaders. Let God work out everything else that happens in the lives of those leaders. Like, I could go on and on and on. Yeah, we're going to cut you off right there. Okay, thank you. Josh, what would you say to younger Josh? Ditto. Amen. <laughs> I thought you said, hey, just keep on doing what you're doing. Keep on, you're Josh, doing great. <laughs> you're doing I, great. I mean, I think similar things. Um, you know, uh, the identity thing is really important. Um family, uh, seeing them as just your rock, your foundation. Um, I think also I would, um, I think I would encourage myself to be content, to be satisfied in whatever season I'm currently in, Mm. because seasons are flipping over fast. And, um, there's a, there's a particular beauty to every season. Like each season has a particular challenge, but a particular beauty as well. But just learning to be content where you're at and, and enjoy it and be you know thankful and grateful where you're at. That's great, guys. Well, thank you, Pastor Chad and Pastor Josh, for your insight onto uh, just what it looks like to plant a church and the challenges, the highlights, the goods, the bads. And uh, we're going to go ahead and wrap it right there on our fourth episode of the High View Podcast. Hopefully, we sound buttery smooth. So we got some new equipment, and uh, we thankful for that. Absolutely thankful. We are going to go ahead and wrap it right there. Leave us a nice rating and review. Go to your favorite podcast app and go ahead and let us know what you think about this content. We hope to be releasing stuff weekly. We'll leave it right there. Later. Later.